Good morning. How are we doing, everybody? Good. Awesome. Well, welcome to Kensington. My name is Hayden. If you guys are new or don't know me, I'm the worship arts director here for the Clarkson campus. And today we're just going to start off having a little bit of fun singing. So I want to invite you guys to stand with us just as we start the day. Here we go.
In 2000, I had a transformative encounter with Jesus Christ, so much so that I came home from that Easter service, looked at my wife, and I said, the man that left today is not the man that stands in front of you. And it began this journey with Jesus. In fact, it was about a three or four year journey. And friends of mine used to say, hey, you you need to get baptized. You need to get baptized. But I felt like God was saying, no, wait, wait for your wife. And in 2004, my wife came to me and said, hey, you know that baptism thing? I want to do that with you. And we got baptized that summer. It was a beautiful ceremony out in Stony Creek. We were coming home. My wife said to me, you know what? When we were coming out of the water, I felt like God gave me a vision. Now, if you know my wife, Amy, that's not how she speaks at all. And I said, oh, tell me what this vision is. And she said, you know when you're on a roller coaster and you get, you're in the seat and all of a sudden you start going up that hill, chink, 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 and you start moving up that hill to go to the crest of the hill. She goes, that's the vision I had. And then I felt like God said to me, buckle up. You're about to go on the ride of your life. And that statement was one of the most true statements we had ever heard. Over the last 14 years, Amy and I have been on the ride of our life with Christ. And Kensington is holding their baptism service on April 14th and 15th. And if you're that person that feels like God is tugging you to him, then we're inviting you to be baptized. There's nothing magical in the water. But as you go down into the water, it washes your old self away. And as you come up, it's symbolic of God making you into a new creation. It's your public declaration of an inward reality. So come be with us. Come get baptized. And I know that you're going to have to buckle up and get ready for the ride of your life. Come join us. Man, I'm like so excited about that, about baptisms. Jill, this is like something that's so passionate about your heart too, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Baptism is one of my favorite Sundays that we have at uh, Kensington. It's just such a powerful moment um, to see transformation in people. Um, One of the questions that we get asked often here is, I was already baptized as a baby. Do I really need to be baptized again? The answer is 100% yes. If you've been on a journey and Jesus is leading you through the journey, it's in the center of your heart, man, just come register kensingtonchurch.org slash baptism. Sign up. Join us. It's going to be amazing. Yep. And it'll be at every campus. So even our campus on, on really April 15th, the baptism will be right there ready to go. You know what's so cool? Danny Cox, the lead pastor of Troy Campus, his story uh, really was like tethered into Easter, which is another thing coming up that we're like super pumped about, man. Yeah. And it's kind of in three parts. We've got Palm Sunday, Good Friday, and Easter, right? We do. It's a three-part act. Um, The producers of Palm Sunday and Good Friday and Easter have done a magical, magical job at doing this. Um, So it's all about like the greatest show on earth. And we really highly encourage you guys to come for all three acts. Yeah, to follow that storyline, totally. And to kind of give us a few more details, Dave Wilson, our lead pastor at Orient Campus, has got kind of like just a little kind of explanation video, teaser video of what that's going to look like in a little more depth. So watch this together. Check it out. Every magic trick has three acts, and we believe the story of Easter has three acts as well. This Easter season, we are so excited to invite you to a series we are calling The Greatest Show on Earth. Our team has been working to create a three-part journey that begins at Palm Sunday, laying out the story of Jesus' entry to the city of Jerusalem as just an ordinary man on a donkey to his extraordinary act of love on Good Friday. 
Everything culminates on Easter Sunday as we celebrate Jesus raising from the dead in the most amazing, death-defying act in all of history. A magician knows the secret behind the illusion, but with the story of Jesus, there is no illusion. We believe that this amazing story is all actually real. Join us as we reveal the hidden secrets to this story and see for ourselves the miraculous gift that is offered to each of us through the greatest show on earth. I'm excited. I'm, I'm pumped too. Seriously, the, the amount of time and energy and uh, just like power of people that have come in together to pull this off, it's yeah. going to be unbelievable. And so for us at our campus, we've got three service times, don't we? We do. So Good Friday um, is going to be 5.30 here. And then our Easter services are Saturday 5.30. 5.30. Yep. yep. And Sunday 9.15 9:15 and, 11. and 11. Yeah. And so those, we just ask you for Easter services. Go ahead and just like you can register online. It, the tickets don't cost anything or anything like that. It's just so we can best serve you knowing how many people are coming to each service. Yep. Absolutely. Right. You don't need to do tickets for Good Friday. Um, yeah. And for child care um, this time around for Good Friday... Um, we just really believe that this service yeah. is very powerful. It's very visually stimulating. It's gorgeous. Um, so we will have early childhood, but for our elementary kids, we're really encouraging you guys to bring them in with you. Absolutely. Yeah. Bring them on in. So, well, a lot of cool, fun stuff coming up. We want to invite you in this moment to go ahead and stand up and just take a second and say hello to somebody to your left, right behind you, around you. And, uh, we'll keep moving on through our day. said, wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And so we have people that are launching new initiatives, new dreams all the time. The beauty of life is when you can say, we did this together. That's what I want. As a church family, we can fuel incredible mission and ministry here and around the world. I think the best is yet to come. I love that. Our lead pastor, Stevie Andrews, narrating on that video. And uh, he really means that. And we're going to talk about it toward the end of the day. We're in our campaign called Unstoppable Force. And we are convinced the church was always meant to be an unstoppable force. And we believe not only is the best yet to, to come, but we believe this, that we're better together. And that what transcends that statement or takes us to the next step of it is not just that we are better together, but that we could say something as a community that we did this together. And so before we even start today, we just want to take a moment and pray and really ask God to bless what he's already been at work doing, growing our community, growing our churches, and uh, uh, bringing incredible people like you together. And so let's just pray. God, we, uh, we really do. We ask that you, you move in this place, Jesus, that people have come in here and they brought brokenness. They have brought hurt. They have brought pain. And uh, they've brought maybe a lack of hope. And I hope today, Jesus, that you show up and you inspire us to not just be invited to a place called church, 
but to be the church, to set our souls on fire, to make an impact in the world. Uh, do something great in here. We need you in your name. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but so growing up for me, going to church or being part of church, it was always a weird dichotomy. It was like we acted one way, but things were a little bit different. I, I don't know if you have any kind of like weird nuances, but I do a church. Do, do any of you know like the big, I'm sure most of you do the mega sign by exit 93 and Dixie Highway, I-75? Uh, it's the big Jesus sign, right? You think of baby Jesus, and this is like mega Jesus, like 40 feet tall, right? Uh, and it's so crazy just to like stop and think about it, because I, I, I had gone to school there and went to church there a little bit, that place, and uh, I, we'd always feel like, dude, Jesus is like watching us. You know what I mean? Like his eyes are on us, and it would say, are you on the right road, was the name of the, the phrase on that billboard. I always felt like, Jeremiah, don't mess up. You know what I mean? Like the ominous voice. And so for me, I actually, when I was 16, I got a part-time job at Bordine's Nursery. Do you know where that is? Right across the street. And so they had like two main roles there. They'd have people back in the production, but they would have carry out. And I was a carry out guy. I would carry stuff out to people's car and they would have a checkout girl, the checkout girls and the carry out guys. And there was a checkout girl that, that worked there named Courtney. And I was 16 and I, I used to walk by and be like, check this out, girl. You know what I mean? Like just trying to like throw my vibe out and think I was cool. And a few of the guys, we cut our sleeves off. We tried to flex as we're like, check this out, ladies, you know, and the manager's like, get some shirts on those sleeves on. But this girl, Courtney, I remember uh, going out in the parking lot. It was at the end of a work day. And for whatever reason, like I thought, oh my gosh, this is the big moment of a 16 year old young man's life. She's going to move in for the kiss. And all I could think was like mega Jesus, Jeremiah, are you on the right road? Are you doing the right thing? You know? And I was like, I shook her hand <laughs> and I like panicked and didn't, didn't go in for the kiss, man. And like left. And, and you guys are like, what? For some of you, church feels that way. Like where God's ominous. God is huge. He's looking down. And it's like this weird religious feeling. And I, I, I don't know about you, but when we used to go to church growing up, like we'd act a certain way. We talked a certain way. We dressed a certain way. We looked a certain way. But when we got back home... It was totally different. And some of you know part of my story was just a little more dysfunctional at home. But how many of would, would be honest and say, yeah, that's kind of true. That's part of like kind of what I grew up. It was a little bit different. And some of you even maybe came here today, right? And, and, and you, you got here and if truth be told, you might have gotten an argument on the way in, right? Uh, and you might have said some things that weren't really nice, you know? And you, you walked into this place and you're like, hey, how's everyone doing? But the truth is you just dropped like a swear bomb in the car a minute ago. And that happened, look, at people are laughing, they're like, how do you know? Does he have a camera in my car? That's because we're just people, we're not perfect. And so today we want to talk about this idea and this unstoppable force that God really did not just invite us to church, he's inviting us to be the church. And so I, I, you guys are really lucky today because you're going to see me at work in my artistic skills, okay? And uh, I'm, I'm going to kind of give you a diagram illustration of kind of what this looks like. So Hold your applause till after for the incredible artistic work and, uh, and to follow with me. And so here's how it works. John, the Gospel of John, John says, For God so loved the what? World. So here we go. We've got God up here, okay? And this arrow coming down. And we got the world right here. For God so loved the world. We're like, great. But all of a sudden, we put God in a what? A box, kind of. And we call this thing the church. And so we kind of draw this a little bit. Here's the steeple, and there's going to I'll put a little cross on top. And uh, I know it's pretty amazing looking church, isn't it? And so there's this church, I know. And so, and then there's these people that are inside of it, right? And for the most part, when people think of church and think of people inside of it, they, 
they think that those people think they're perfect, but they actually know something that if you haven't admitted it to yourself, we're not. <laughs> they know that. And then there's people right here that are kind of like, they're hanging out. They're, they're outside the church. They haven't really decided to come. They don't know if they want to come. They don't know if they want to hang out with you. They don't know if my artistic skills are good enough. They don't know, you know. And so we're asking these people, we're always inviting, hey, come here. We're taking these arrows and we're pointing them in. We're like, come inside to this place. And this, this idea is like this God in a box. And so when it said, for God to love the world, we're like, yeah, God, but we got a better idea. We're going to put you in a box. We're going to call it a church. We're going to make it a destination. We're going to invite everybody in. And this doesn't always work out. Jesus made this big statement. I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't stand against it. We're like, whoa, dude, that's a big statement, right? And then we're like, and it's going to work in this way. Maybe not. Maybe it won't. You know what's interesting about statistics? In fact, I've got a slide I want to show you. Uh, just in Oakland County alone, there's right around like 1.3 million people. But populations, let's just say near us, because like Kensington, when we think of reach, we think of like all these people. But look near us. You can give a woohoo if I say your name, and if I don't say like where you live, you can yell that out too. Waterford's got around 74,000 people, Right? Any people in here from Waterford a little bit? Can I give them some love? There we go. Uh, Clarkston, like the actual town, 955. Independent Township, 34,680. Holly, 7,000. White Lake, 31,000. Davisburg, said, yeah, show some love if you live there. Come on. Davisburg, 7,800. Anyhow, it totals about 186,000 people. Now, out of those people, really only maybe half say they go to church. Okay? They like, they're being invited, they're coming to church. And out of that maybe really only even half of them, maybe even like 20, 30% actually attend. So for the most part, we're talking, there's close to like 140,000 people that are like, I'm not coming in here. And maybe it's because they feel like, I just don't want what you're selling, man. I'm not into this. I'm not, I, I don't know. You guys are weird. You think you're too, a lot of times people say ch- people in churches are what? Hypocrites, right? It, more often than that, that's why Mark and I try to always lead from vulnerability and just be like, we're imperfect. I'm, I'm telling you what, we're a mess. Like yesterday at Petaway, some of our kids got out of hand a little bit. Marie and I were there and uh, one of our kids was getting a little crazy and we, there was somebody there from church. You may be here today. <laughs> somebody, a lady from church that we saw there. I was probably about like 15, 20 feet away and I, part of me wanted to be like, I don't know you guys. <laughs> just keep walking away. But we're not perfect people. There's no perfect people in this scenario. Maybe somebody over here is like, I feel like if I walk into church, it's going to what? Explode. And another person might say, I feel like God could never forgive me for what I've done. Or God could never find the healing to kind of like take care of me for what I've been through. And so this model, I don't think is exactly what God meant when when we say, let's invite you to church. God really wants us to be the church. And so we're going to draw a line through here. Some of you are caught in the stunning artistic work. You're going to have to move to the right side of the board, okay, with me. So, so here we go. For God so loved the what? World. So here we go. It comes down to the world. But when he said the world, he really meant people. See, church means ecclesia. It means really kind of like citizenship. It means all about people. And so we get all these people that are right here, okay, and they're just hanging out. And God, this is the cool part of this. God came down. This is called uh, really vertical incarnation, this big theological term that means God came with us. This is where we get the term Emmanuel, God with us. This is vertical incarnation right here. Okay, and God came with us, and here's how he wanted to reach the whole world. 
God wanted to invade some people's lives and do some great things. We call them the first group of people were the disciples, right? And all these people that were over here that felt unforgiven or didn't want church or didn't want anything to do with it, God invited these people that he came down in and restored their life to go out and reach these people out here. This was more what the plan was supposed to look, almost like arrows firing out. Like God wanted to do something great inside of you, and then he wants you to impact people that are around you. And so we call this vertical incarnation God coming down, and we've got some scriptures I'm going to show you. And the other parts call this horizontal incarnation, which we're going to kind of talk about today a little bit. And so let me see if I can, yeah. So Jesus says to me, he says, peace be with you. He's talking to the disciples. Just as the Father has sent me, he says, this vertical incarnation, this is God with us, God to us, I also send you. This is horizontal incarnation. This is like God saying, when I'm working with you here, I, I want to do something this way too through you. So this is really like when God invited us to church, he really said, no, 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 I want you to be the church. It's so different. And so it's interesting in the gospel of John, John is so like on, on fire for Jesus. He's, he's this passionate guy. He just, he loves Jesus. He, because he believes that God like transforms people's lives the way we do, right? And so there's a scripture that I want to read to you. It's in right here. First uh, John says this. We're going to kind of break this apart and say, well, how does this work? And so Jesus gives the scripture to John, and it's pretty interesting what it says. It says, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory. This first part, we're just going to kind of break this scripture apart today into three parts, okay? The word became flesh, number one. We're saying God is about people. Number two, made his dwelling among us. He made his place, his space. He got in our face, like with us. Uh, and we have seen his glory. We have seen his glory. That God was all about proclaiming something great. And so in this first one, it's pretty interesting. It says that the son of man came. This is like such a beautiful picture and reminder. Like where else that we see that God actually came to be with us. God incarnate, God with us. Jesus was like, I love these people. I care about these people. I'm going to come to these people. And Mark says this, for even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. This part's incredible. Say, why is that such a big deal? Why is it such a big deal that God came for us, that God came to us? Because I'm convinced that we need his help. I'm convinced that we need God. Like, have you ever just stopped and thought, maybe you've turned on the news, and, and, and maybe some of you turn off the news. Somebody turn on the news and turn it right back off all the time, right? And there's a part of it where it's like, it's so bad and I hate to hear, but like, I think about things like a place called Parkdale, Florida. Think about just in the past couple of weeks how that whole landscape is transformed. How a young man walked into a school and everything changed. How a community and now a nation is reveling around this and say, how did this happen? Maybe he needed the peace of God in his life or the forgiveness of God or the purpose of God in their life. I stop and I think about prayer requests. And by the way, many of you will put prayer requests in into our prayer team. They're incredible and amazing and they're praying for you and they're loving on you. And it's a privilege that we get to pray for you and what you're going through. And many of you walked in this place and you may be going through something right now and nobody would know because you're acting like everything's okay, but really it's not. And I just I look on this prayer request sheet and I'm like, oh my gosh, my like, God, can you... Can you be with them? Will you pray with them? Man, can you do something in their life? And like one prayer request on there was just of a family. What a 13-year-old young man that passed away this past week. 
and I think I have a 12 and a half year old. How, how do, God, how do you help them? How do you bring hope to them? How do you, how do you do this? And I keep thinking it's this vertical incarnation. God's plan was to invade people's life with love and hope and change. I was working out this week and, and, a, and a good friend of mine named Steve, I hadn't seen him in a little while, and he came up to the gym and he walks over and, and we're working out and he starts talking to me and he begins to just unload about his marriage. He literally says, my wife and I are sleeping in separate rooms. We're in, we're in different rooms. We're not even in the same room right now. Can you pray for us? I, I don't know what we're going to do or what's going on. And, and we've been to counseling and it's not working. And I'm just like, man, he needs Jesus so badly. And I just I'm sitting there and I, and I was in between these unloading and I'm like, dude, we have like 300 pounds on the bench. You're seriously telling me all this right now. Like, let's do this in between sets, you know? And, and we get off, we talk and I just, I think to myself, I just want to pray for, for Steve because I, I don't know how to help him. And I, just, I stopped and I just thought about this, like this plan that God has, this vertical incarnation it was always meant to be God meets us. God comes to us. God came to serve Mark says Jesus came to serve us, to love us, to be humble to us, even to the death of a cross. He comes to do this. And this horizontal incarnation is all of a sudden God wants to work powerfully through us. He wants to move through us in this huge way. And I, I just stopped my, I experienced that this past week. I, uh, for some of you, you know, some of you, this sounds crazy, but I've had an addiction for a while uh, to Diet Coke. <laughs> And uh, I, I know it sounds nuts, and ever since I hurt my leg and got surgery, for some reason I gave myself permission to get back on the bandwagon of drinking. I see people like thumbs up and waving and solidarity, my, my, my woman. Yeah, that's right. It was like, not like my woman, but anyhow, I just made that weird in the church. So you know what I mean. <laughs> so sorry, Melanie. Uh, so anyhow, but I, so I've been getting Diet Coke like crazy, and I know I'm not supposed to be doing it, and my wife's been on me about it, and people have been on me about it, and so... But it's hard. It's like the Diet Coke can. You see it, and it's, it glimmers. It's silver. It's sexy. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing. And I know it's terrible for you, but I, I roll into McDonald's, and uh, I go through the drive-thru because it's only $1.06 for a big Diet Coke. I know I'm bad. And so I go in there, and I'm like, this is amazing. I, I, I love this. And I, I order, and I, I pull up to the window to pay, and, and this young lady looks out the window, and she goes, Jeremiah. And I go, oh, my gosh, they're on to me. That's <laughs> bad. My wife has told people in the community, my mom's on me. It is crazy. And she, I go, yeah. I go, I go, how do you know who I am? <laughs> I'm like, this is a conspiracy, you know? And she said, no, I know your mom. And I'm like, my mom's in on this. I'm thinking in my mind. And she knows my mom from an addictions ministry on Tuesday night. And she said, your mom encouraged me to get a job here. She said, I, I, I know her from Faith Church, and that's where we go. And I was just so crazy. And I was like, this is awesome. I'm like, thank you so much. And I, I realized that this plan was like unfolding before my eyes. There was this young lady who was kind of given up on life. She, last thing she thought about was going to church. She thought, what I've done is not forgivable. I've made a mess of my life. I can't possibly go and be perfect like all those perfect people. Hello, no perfect people allowed. That's all of us, right? God invades her life, does something great. She realizes Jesus was not this faraway character, but somebody that came to serve her and love her. And she was doing this horizontal incarnation, not even realizing it. She was ministering to me because I saw that God was impacting her life. Changing her life was unbelievable. And I thought, oh my gosh, maybe it's good I'm addicted to Diet Coke so I could experience that God. I think God was like saying, I'm using this to get you not addicted to Diet Coke. But anyhow, but here's the deal. Jesus, right? The word becomes flesh, part one. He came for people, part two. 
Jesus, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. He came to our place. I love this. I love what Eugene Peterson says. I don't know if you're ever reading scripture, and for me, sometimes it gets a little lofty and a little difficult to follow. And I'm like, I, I, I don't understand it completely. And I'll go to the message translation and I'll, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll look at it and read it. And Eugene Peterson says, Jesus came in, the word became flesh, and he moved into the neighborhood. I love that. Can you imagine, like, have you ever had neighbors that moved in or moved out by you, right? And maybe you're like, hey, who's this new neighbor? It's this guy named Jesus. He's crazy. He's got a beard, long hair. He does miraculous things. He's, he's, he's like the nicest guy we've ever met, you know? He's a great neighbor. You're going to love him. It says that Jesus moved into the neighborhood. He came into our place. And I love this, that God was not distant. That when we were invited not just to go to church, but to be the church, this vertical incarnation, Jesus says, I'm going to come with you, but I'm going to do something more. I'm going to go. I'm going to impact people. When you study and you follow the life of Jesus, he's always moving. He's always invading people's lives. He's always encouraging people. He's always bringing hope. He's always asking people to follow him. He's bringing healing. He's bringing forgiveness. He's like moves into your place, into this neighborhood. And I thought to myself when I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, this is so amazing. The apostle Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 9.22. Paul says, I'm catching on to what Jesus is doing, being on the move. And he says, it's all about coming into people's place and their space and their face. And he says, to the weak, I became weak. To win the weak, I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means, I might save some. See, this is amazing when you begin to catch on that God didn't just invite you to church. He called you to be the church. He wants to do something great in your life like he did in that young lady at McDonald's drive-thru where there's a joy that's overwhelming even in the face of discouragement and you're distraught. It could be your finances. could be something relational. could be something internal you're dealing with. could be something physical, a medical issue. But God's like, I want to be in your life and bring you hope and let it overflow and let it actually go horizontal this way to encourage people. You're going to show you a video in just a few minutes of a guy named George Nuez. And it's so amazing, like, he gets this, he got this, he experienced this, where God invaded his life. And then he couldn't help it, like, overwhelmed, overjoyed, and it came this way. My wife always says, don't embarrass me in church. And, I, and so I, I told her it was a good thing, she's shaking her head now, but this story is actually a compliment of how amazing I think she is. She's just, she, if you know her, is bubbly and loving and joyful. And when we first started dating, I always knew where she was in the room, because she'd be like, ah, like, this is... It sounded way cuter and cooler than that, but, but you know. And so we actually, for a couple uh, anniversaries ago, we went down to Creektown Casino. Uh, I know, you're like a pastor, went to the casino, yep. <laughs> and uh, I'm not advocating for gambling or anything, but we went to the hotel, we got a good deal on it, and it was just like romantic and hanging out. And so we're like, let's go down and pull the slot machines, you know? And like, why not? So it's been a few bucks, you know, and we do that. And all of a sudden, Maria's at this one, I'm over here, and all of a sudden I hear this giggling and this overwhelming joy coming out. She's excited. And I, I think, oh my gosh. And all of a sudden she's like, oh, oh, she's like, I mean, and I'm looking over, I'm like, is she getting mugged? Did, did we win? I'm like, tell me we won. I hope she's not getting mugged I'll fight somebody. But if she won, this will be great, you know? And I look over and people are around her and sure enough, the lights are going off. Man, everybody's excited. She's cheering and I'm like, oh my gosh, we're rich, we're rich, we're rich, we're rich. You know, I'm like, this is so amazing. I'm like, and I, I walk over, I'm like, how much did we win? What did we win? And she pulls out the printed ticket and it's like $25. <laughs> but she was so filled with joy. 
so, so, 25 bucks. But so excited and just thrilled. And I thought, she's always like this. Jesus is like, she lives this out where God is working in her life. And there's joy coming out, even in the face of depression and hurt. Sometimes like there's joy and it's amazing. And for some of you, I know that, where's he at? Hope Water Project right here. He's got his take. How many are involved in the Hope Water Project that you've, you've ran that, you've been part of that? A lot of you, it's amazing. We're pushing that. March 24th, it's going to be kind of like their big kickoff, right? And if you say, I don't know what that is, it's where people will run, they'll bike, they'll do relay where they get a team together and run the marathon. If you can't do the whole thing, do half a marathon. And it raises money for, for like to put wells in, in, in Kenya. And it's this incredible thing where there's not clean drinking water in these areas, in these regions. And we bring wells there. I think we've done, Stacy, like 126, does that sound right? Each well costs around $25,000, and you've been a huge part of that, cycling and biking and, and you running, and it's like, and you're raising money for this, and it's bringing hope. God, I can see, it's so funny, even you're so proud, man, wearing that tank top, in it because you know what it stands for. You know, like, God's worked in my life, and now I'm working horizontal in other people's lives and bringing the joy of Jesus and the love of Jesus and bringing water halfway across the world so people can have clean water, they create a village around it, then they get churches around it, it's like being the church. It's unbelievable. I sit there and I'm like, this is unbelievable to stop and think what can be done. You know, I, I got to tell you this story too about Owen Elementary. Does anybody know where Owen Elementary is, our school partnership? How many? It's a great place. I got the chance to go there and be a reader. You, I'm telling you what, you need to go and be a reader just like once a month. You can do it once a week if you want. They don't have the resources and, and staffing to do this. And I got a chance to go there and just read with these kids. And we were reading Green Eggs and Ham to second grade class. And there was a little boy named Noah. I don't know if I told you this, Maria, because we have a Noah. He's in second grade Noah. And it was his eighth birthday that day. And he had cupcakes. And we were reading together. And, and I was like, so I will eat them. In a, and he, the kids would go, box. And I'll eat them with a fox, right? And they're yelling back. And I'll eat them in a house. And they're yell back. And I'll eat them with, and they're like, mouse. And they're giggling because, like, who eats with a mouse? You know what I mean? And they're like, and I'll eat them here and there. And you can do this part because you know the word. Say, I will eat them anywhere. And look, you guys are Dr. Seuss fans too, man. But this is part of being the church. We get to go to those that may lack resources and don't have as much. And we get to go and be the church and bring joy and bring love. And it just, it made my week. And I'm going to continue to go there whether they want me to or not and be a reader. I had more fun than the kids. The teachers look at me like, this big guy may have lost it. <laughs> He's getting out of control. This guy named George Nuez, I'm about to show you. We're going to watch together. He gets it. While we do this, we're going to take our offering at this time too. And like we always say, Mark and I mentioned, if you're a visitor and you're new, you don't need to feel the pressure to give. Many of you, though, do give, and you fuel this place. You make possible the stories we tell, the people that are impacted, the ability to sit here and sing together and laugh together and press into life's difficult problems together. It's possible because you fuel this place. And so watch George. He gets God incarnation. God visited George. He makes an impact in his life, and George begins to do the same thing horizontally out this way. Morning, boys. David, how you doing? 
My favorite thing about Wolverine Harley-Davidson is the people I interact with on a daily basis. My customers, my employees, their family. They've made this store and me the success that, that we are today. Fanny. How you doing, buddy? How's it going? Anything I can help you with? Oh, thank you. Got it covered? Okay. Awesome. Have a great day, man. Harley Davidson, it's a legend, it's an American icon. It's one of the most recognizable logos in business. It's a giving company. It really, really encourages dealers to take care of their community, to embrace generosity and engage in, in activities to, to help the community. And that's why we're excited to partner with Kensington Church. Well, the, the, my first interaction with Kensington was at uh, one of my biggest charity events. You know, there's thousands of people here. There's uh, five, six, seven hundred motorcycles that, that depart from here. It's, uh, it's for veterans. And during uh, this very busy time, this gentleman approaches me from the crowd and he introduced me as the pastor of the upcoming Kensington Church. He took 10 minutes of my time to express their need and their mission. And he informed us that you guys needed some of our property to successfully finish your driveway that leads, it's quarter mile, it goes back to your church. My partner very graciously had said, yeah, absolutely, give it to them. We love the fact that we did it. And ever since, it's just been magical. I've received more support from, from, from the church than, than that piece of property is worth. Passing around ideas, trying to figure out things to do to maximize what we could do for the church. I agreed to donate a motorcycle for a giveaway, a beautiful 2017 Softail Deluxe. It's one of my favorites. It's six-speed. It's fully, fully loaded. Just a, an absolutely gorgeous bike. That motorcycle will raise funds, for example, buy chairs. Okay, buy chairs for the church, and hopefully in one of those chairs, one young person will sit, and it will not only change their life, but probably change the life of friends and maybe even their whole family tree. In my opinion, one of the most important things we can do is support our, our church, support their encouragement. You can go into church anytime you want. It's free of charge. Okay, I know Kensington will give you free coffee. They'll give you free literature. They'll love you. Okay, whether you have a dime or whether you don't. So how does a really successful businessman make such a bad business decision of giving his stuff away? I think that's why we're successful. I think that's what I've worked for all these years, to be a success, to be able to give back, to be able to help others. I mean... That's what I've worked for all my life. That gives me more pleasure than anything else to be able to do something and help somebody.
that pretty inspiring to stop and see? That guy owns a Harley-Davidson dealership that's not just the biggest in the state of Michigan or United States, but one of them in the world. And he said one of the things that fuels his heart when he was asked, how does a great, successful businessman make such a poor move? (laughs) By giving stuff away, he's like, that's what really makes me truly successful. That's what it's all about. He got this. God incarnated, created this horizontal incarnation. He realized that, God, you're about people. You're about coming into their place. You know, it's crazy. He didn't have to give us at our Clinton Township. There was like an easement that was needed by the township, right? When you're building and you're doing things of that level that are that elaborate. And it was probably he could have charged us an arm and a leg because we had to have that easement. We had to have that roadway going in there. He just, he gave that to us. Him and his partner said, you can have this. And you know what's really interesting? Prior to that, he just started kind of reading through the Bible. You can do this like on the Bible app. I do it a lot on my phone. And he just started reading through the Bible and uh, just like literally just went through it in like six months after he listened to Chris Zarbaugh, our lead pastor over there. And God started stirring and doing things in his heart. And that Harley that he's talking about, it's going to be on our stage here in a couple of weeks and other campuses because he wants to give back what is going on here in his heart and his soul. It's overflowing with joy. It's going this way. See, the way this works, John said, is the word became flesh. Jesus became flesh. He came to people. He was a person. He got what we went through. He understood it. He came to our place. Like he got right down where we would, like Eugene Peterson said, he moved into the neighborhood. He wasn't off in a box, distant and far away. God was close up and personal with us. And this third part is that when Jesus went around scripture, you'll find it always saying this statement, wherever he went, he proclaimed the good news. Like he didn't have bad news. He had good news. He didn't have like CNN and Fox competing and being negative and slamming each other. Everything he was saying was good. It was positive. It brought faith. It brought hope. It brought healing. It brought restoration. It was good news. And it's interesting what Mark says too, in the middle of this, Mark chapter one says this, and I think you've heard Mark Nelson say this too. He talks about this this Kairos moment, this moment where we recognize that God is moving in the world and God might be moving and nudging in you right now too. It says the time has come, and it's not talking about time like Kronos, but Kairos, which is this significant supernatural time. He said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus was a proclaimer of good news. And here's what I've learned and what I've seen and what I've watched. We just saw George Nuez You think, what makes a guy give away a Harley motorcycle that's worth $22,000 to raise money for people he's never going to meet? What makes a guy slice up and parcel off a big part of his property and give it to a church that he doesn't even attend or go to? He goes to a different place because he's excited because something happened. God incarnate. It wasn't like just, come on, George, come to church, do this. It was like, come and see, but George, let God invade your life. And when he does, he's going to overflow and want to work out from vertical incarnation to horizontal incarnation, that Jesus came for people. He came to our place and he came to proclaim this good news. I I just, I, I stop and I think about how so many of you that I watch that you share the gospel in ways and you don't get up here like a mouthpiece and talk about it and tell stories and do all that stuff that you do it with in people's lives who impact their lives all the time. I, I just stop and think about our breakaway director, Tim Keister. Do you guys know Kim, Tim Keister, our new student ministry director? He's awesome, right? Yeah, he's a great guy. He was showing me they had an all-nighter for these breakaway kids. And the kids like filled out forms and they were like, man, I'm rededicating my life to Jesus. This is like a 12-year-old. 
there was a 13-year-old that says, I got problems at home, things are going on, but I'm giving my life to Jesus. And it was like, Tim is just like showing me this and he's so excited and he's, he's impacting these students. And I, I think about another friend of mine too that you guys know. He's here, he's, his name's Jamie Breckenridge. Jamie, are you here? Are you around? Where are you at? Oh, there he is right there. And, and some of you don't know this, but but he's a veteran and he was in the armed force. How many of you serve, whether it's Navy, Air Force, military, yeah, Donnie, behind you. will you guys do me a favor to stand up just for a moment? Could we honor you and just give you a hand just for a second? Because thank you guys so much. Thank you. In many ways, you, you get this. You get that you were had like the heart of Jesus come to serve and to love people and, and go to foreign places and do things that were outrageous. They have to do it. And Jamie's like this so much. He's our campus director and does a great job here, but he's a veteran. And you've never met a guy that loves veterans more than this guy. And he's always serving and helping. And it's a passion of his, man. And it's like he's on fire about it because God has brought joy and peace in his life. Right, Jamie, I mean, God has met you in the middle of your marriage and he's restored it. He's met you in the face of depression and given you hope. He's met you when you had no joy and you could find nothing and ready to give up and stop. And God whispered into your soul and he said, can't stop, won't stop, get up, soldier, right? He's like, let's do this. I'll walk with you, I'll run with you, I'll, I'll be with you. And he's done something so powerful in your life. And you get this vertical incarnation, Jesus with us, Christ in us. It's powerful, then you start doing it horizontally, this way. You get it's about people. You get that you go to their place. You get that it's about proclaiming this great news. I am so thankful that people invited my parents to church. But more than that, they were the church. There was a lady that invited my mom to church. And my parents were both bartenders and both pretty much hippies. I got to bring in a picture. So my dad had this huge beard, long hair, they were just like pot-smoking hippies, man. <laughs> There's no better way to put it. And they would say that if they were here. And it's so wild that this lady invited my parents to church. And my mom went. And for four months, my dad sat in a car stubbornly and waited for mom to come in and out of church. He would not go. He said, forget it. I'm not doing this. I don't want anything to do with this. And he began to see my mom was getting this God incarnated. She was coming over with joy and love and hope and it began to change him and he said he was there one day and he gripping the steering wheel and he finally let go of it and he walked in the church and Jesus invaded his life too and it's changed their pathway forever I'm telling you my mom comes from a long line of alcoholics my grandfather was a bad alcoholic uh, invaded my mom's life for a period of time but she's been sober for the past seven years it's so amazing and my dad comes from a long line of just kind of a, a difficult upbringing family and it changed their trajectory, their pathway. And now they like get the chance to like proclaim this good news and it's changed my life. And before they had even really even read the Bible, they decided to name me Jeremiah. <laughs> it's so crazy how this works, right? And, and who would have thought that I'd ever be here talking? You know, it's funny. Somebody told my mom, my uh, kindergarten teacher said, Jeremiah is monotone and he's, he, he needs to get hooked on phonics and he's never going to be a good communicator. He's never going to talk. He's never going to do that man, I, there's always a part of me, and I know this isn't godly, but I always want her to be in the stage and be like, ha, told you so. You know, I shouldn't do that. It's, I'm kidding. She was a sweet teacher. But like my mom would breathe, breathe hope and, and something happened where she was like, no, Jesus is changing our lives, Jeremiah. Jesus changed your dad and I's trajectory, our, our, our pathway. He's doing this great thing. And I almost want to go, if I could go back in time, you ever, you ever do that? If I could go back in time, right? But meet that lady and say, thank you. Thank you for like sharing good news to my parents. Thank you for changing really the legacy of our family. Thank you for doing that. 
There are people, we want to show you a video really quick of people that we get to be part of their legacy. People that are currently in Grand Blanc holding services. People that are all over the place in Livonia. People that are halfway across the world right now stopping sex trafficking in Nepal with little girls that have been abused and hurt, that have been ripped away from literally the teeth and the hands of hell and brought into a safe place. We get to be part of that. And they wanted to say thank you to you. So I just want you to watch this with me and hear from them. Hey, what's going on, Kensington? I'm Clint. And I am Michael, and we are at Easttown Church. It's Vince Antonucci from Verve Church in Las Vegas. This is Dave Kubiak from Antioch Church in St. Clair Shores. Hey, Kensington, this is Dave Nelson out in K2 the Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. Travis here with Miles City Church in Livonia, Michigan. Hey, this is John and Catherine Evans from Renovation Church in Oviedo, Florida. This is Colin and Liz Harfield. We moved out to the greater Boston area back in August with a view to planting Anthem Church later this fall. I'm Julius Murgor, uh, the director of... Home Harvesters International. This is Jaya from India. This is Ramesh Sapkota. I'm from Nepal. It's been nearly 10 years since you sent Chris and me and a group of others out to New York City to plant a church called Communitas. I want to thank you because you have been a part of what we've been doing since the very beginning. You guys uh, supported us financially with your prayers, set mission teams, and we are here today because of you. Last week I had the opportunity to meet a reporter and it was his first time ever in church. And uh, he said, I just want to let you know, I'm going to come back next Sunday because I can't wait to learn more. The first person we saw come to Christ was a pimp and we have seen prostitutes and uh, gang members and you name it, Satan and you guys are part of every single one of those lives that have been changed. We are already gathering a group of people, about 20 to 30 people that have been gathering on a regular basis. In just a few short months, we're already seeing over 100 people gathering weekly. You know, over 1,000 people are going to show up today, and that's been the case for years here. We have been fighting against human trafficking and rescuing the girls who've been taken from the country of Nepal. And so we just want to say thank you again for all that you have done, all the sacrifices that you have made uh, to make this possible. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you. Thank you for your incredible support. Just know that what you're doing there is impacting tons of people out here in Salt Lake. From New Life Church on Wayne State's campus in Detroit, Michigan, thank you, Kensington. From Grumlaw Church in Grand Blanc, Michigan, Thank you. From Detroit Church in the heart of Midtown Detroit. Thank you to all our friends, Steve, Greg, and the entire Kensington family. All All things new. Thank you so much. We literally couldn't have done it without you. Thank you. Hey, Dave Wilson here. And I want to say thank you, too. On behalf of the Kensington leadership, thank you. You have made all of this possible. We've planted 60 plus churches in the, in the United States, thousands of churches around the world, and countless numbers of people have been impacted for Jesus. And you don't even realize this, it's because of you, your giving, your sacrifice has made a huge difference. So on behalf of all of our leadership, thank you for what you've done. Let me tell you, it's just the beginning. God is going to do amazing things. Thank you. brings joy in my heart when I stop. I think in a fast-paced organization in Kensington, as we grow and we expand, it's those moments. I've seen that video several times, and each time I stop and I'm like, oh my gosh, I know Shay. He's in grand blank right now speaking. I think I'm Mile City in Livonia, and I, I stop and I think about 
Ramesh, when I think about these girls in Nepal that have been rescued and their lives have been transformed. And we get to be part of that. And when they say thank you, they mean it with all their heart. They're like, this wasn't possible if it wasn't for you all giving and helping. And so today is really like our Pledge Sunday. We're in the middle of a three-year campaign called the Everyone Campaign. And we're really convinced it takes everyone to reach everyone. And I hope today that you saw from that amazing artwork that was done before you. <laughs> Somebody actually bought that for $2,000 and we had to take it off the stage. They got sick of looking at it. That God didn't just invite you to church. That he wants you to be the church. That's his heart and his hope. That God's plan to reach humanity was to come to a few disciples. And they went to a few people and they went to a few more. And we get to carry on that legacy. We get to be part of that. And so I just want to stop and pause for one second. If you are a guest and you are here or visiting, I want to give you like a hall pass, okay? You can get out of jail for free. You, you don't need to feel pressure to give into this today. If you want to, we of course wouldn't stop you, but you don't need to feel that pressure. We want you to think, oh, I knew it. They're all about money. No, we're not. We're about people. See, we're more than programs. We're more than buildings. We're more than places. We're about people like George Nuez, that their life transforms and they impact the world around them. We're about, seriously, we got to have them come here one time and speak from stage. These young ladies that have been rescued from sex trafficking and their lives have been transformed forever, right? I think, Stacy, you just got back from Africa and you're watching these ladies that are stopping this horrible cultural practice and they're creating new legacy. This is what we get to be part of. Marriages restored. Young men and women given hope for their future. Kids right now that are hearing about Jesus loving them in the most supernatural, powerful way. It's going to change their life forever. And so, again, if you're visiting, like we give you a hall pass on that, but we unapologetically share. This is an insider view. This is what we're about. We want to be part of the church that Jesus said would have no end. It would be a kingdom that would have no end. It would be a kingdom of good news. It would be a kingdom of hope and joy and forgiveness. I don't know about you, but for me, I want to be part of that. I really do. So I just want to take a second and walk you through this. Some of you came in here and you know what you're going to do. You Maybe you've already pledged and you're going to double down and keep doing it. And so I just want to take you through this first part and a step up. And this is maybe for you that you've given and you're almost done or you've completed your pledge and you might think, God, I really love what's going on here. I can't believe, look at, we're growing at Clarkston. This is amazing. Like, I want to be part of this. And that'd be awesome. The stand is that you've pledged already. And we're saying today, we're going to ask you to come up. And, and even those that, that did the, the first part, step up to put this perforated part in there as an act of faith, as an act of solidarity. This third part right here, the startup, for some of you, and it sounds crazy because we're only not even really two and a half years old, a little bit older. It's a campus and look what God's doing. Many of you are new. You're brand new to this. You never got an opportunity to be part of this. And that's what we're saying. We're saying no pressure, but we also want to say, go all in with God and watch what's possible. Be part of changing the world. One person at a time, one household at a time, one person 2,000 miles away, right? Whether it be clean water through Hope Water Project, Man, it'd be helping cultural practices and whatever it might be, one person at a time. I want to take you through this next slide. This is what it looks like. At a place like Kensington, we're around 15,000 people. But you know, out of all those people, about 2,900 households have been giving. We're saying, what if a couple thousand more households could start up with us today? 
And maybe for, we said, this is what the number would look like to raise another 8 million. That sounds like a lot of money. But when there's many people together, it's not as much as it seems. 750 houses could do $50 a month. For, for some of you, quit going to Starbucks maybe for a couple times out of the month. I just got in your personal space. You just told me to knock off the Diet Coke. I know. We'll double down together, okay? We'll lock arms. We're all in. Or maybe it's like 1,300 households. Say, I'm going to do 100 a month. Or maybe one-time gift. Or we're saying, what if a couple thousand households could do a couple hundred bucks a month or so just for a year? We'd reach this. And by reaching this audacious goal, we'd step out as a community in faith and say, in the face of like distraught, depressed, discouraged people in humanity, we're bringing hope. We're bringing the good news. We're bringing the light of the world, Jesus, to places where it needs to be brought. Can you imagine that we get to be part of that? The final part of this card is the perforated part. Marie and I have filled ours out and we're going to step down in just a few moments and drop them off right here in a box. We're encouraging you to do the same. Hayden is going to lead us through two worship songs. The first is really an opportunity for you to say, I'll do that. I'll step up and maybe do more. Maybe I'm just going to do 50 bucks more, 100 bucks more, one-time gift or whatever. Every little bit helps. Little as much with God in it. Or maybe it's stay in. You're just signing this and refilling it out right here and you're just saying, you know what, I, I'm all in. I wanted to remind you, I'm, I'm good on our pledge. We're going to see this place grow and go somewhere. For some of you, it's a startup. It's the first time. I mean, I know, it's like I never like asking for money, but I'm going to tell you something. This is asking to impact people. It's so much more. Steve Andrews made that statement that we're better together, but he said something after it that really just hit my heart. It's one thing to say we're better together, and I believe that. I believe you and I, all of us together, are better together. There's so much we can accomplish and do. But what if we took it further and we brought it to fruition? We manifested it. And we said, we're not just better together, but what if we locked arms and said, we did that together. The girls that are rescued from sex trafficking, we, Josh, you and I, we, we helped do that together. Hope Water Project, bringing wells to Africa, starting clean, fresh water around there. We did that together. Young kids that are being impacted in student ministry, right? I'm looking at Jamie even in the back, man, the veterans program that I know he's going to launch and do. We did it together. We did it together. We get to say that. I just want to stop and pray and ask God to encourage your heart, whatever it might be. It, it might be something saying, I can't afford anything, but I'm all in in prayer with you right now. I'll give a dollar. Who knows? We want to be a place of an all-in people, an all-in community. We want to see God move in powerful ways. God, I'm just going to stop and pray because I need to be quiet. I need to let you speak into the hearts of people. Jesus, we mean that. We don't want it to be pressure, but we don't want anyone to miss an invitation to say one day that we did it together. We did that together. Christ, I pray that as even as the first song plays, as Hayden plays, that you encourage people, like even for bringing out, that we walk forward in faith and we put our pledge card in and we say we want to see more happen. We believe the best is yet to come. Jesus, will you move in this place? We love you. Thank you. Thank you for these people. We love them in your name. Amen. You can come forward with your card when you're ready.
God, we do just come before you thanking you that you did come to earth for us and you did invade our lives. Man, it's so awesome just to be able to sit here and to worship you and know that you are the God in the highest. So we thank you and we love you for who you are and for what you've done. Amen. All right, as we close up today, man, we've been talking about this unstoppable force of the church that God has given us and that with God, we cannot be stopped. And this is exactly what we're going to be singing in the bridge. And it says, if there is, yeah, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. I'm so excited about this, but he is the lion and the lamb and nothing can stand against us. And that's what we're going to be singing. So they have to fun. Captives, for who 
Man, you're good. Don't you love this? I feel like we're spoiled, man. You guys brought it. Don't you? They, don't they do an incredible job? Seriously. You guys are amazing. Thank you for leading us in worship. Hey, we mean that around this place. When I was saying that, we want to be able to say that we did this together. For some of you that maybe even need to get a card, you can get those a starting point. You can pray about it. You can call Mark or I and ask us questions. Hey, what are the specifics? What does the whole campaign do and reach? But here's what we know. It's an incredible thing to be part of. We want to be part of changing people's legacies, watching Jesus bring joy and forgiveness and power to people's lives. So i tell you something too. We love you guys, man. There's no greater group of people I'd want to spend my time with than each one of you. So thank you for being here. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday, okay? Talk to you soon.